Before we get to episode 197, I'd like to tell you a little about Believe You Can 2022. It's the third annual installment of the Believe You Can virtual talent show for blind and visually impaired performers. It's coming up on October 15th at 8 p.m. Tickets are on sale now at believeyoucan.live slash tickets. They're $10 for an individual ticket, $25 for a watch party ticket of three people or more. Again, you can go to believeyoucan.live slash tickets. If you don't want to go to the show, there's also a donate button on that page so you can make a small donation if you like. Any support you give, I really would appreciate it. Thank you so much. From Studio B in Swarthmore, this is the I Can't See You podcast with David. It's like blind people for dummies. Hello there and welcome to episode 197 of I Can't See You. My name is David at David Benj on all the socials. I really do appreciate you joining me for this episode of the podcast, and I've got a few things to talk about, and (laughs) it's football season, so you know what I'm going to lead off with. I went one up and one down for the weekend. FC Tunguska won by about 12 or 14 points in the all-blind league, so I'm 1-0 there. However, Golden Menace went down by about 16 points. The only good thing about losing in the Frenemies League, which again is half- Uh, folks from the Blind League, and the other half are folks from Yahoo. The only thing that, the only good takeaway for me was I couldn't have done anything more to have won that game. It's not like I should have played this guy over that guy. It just happened. Whatever happened, T. Higgins got hurt. He didn't get more than four points or something like that. That hurt me. Now, the trouble I have this week (laughs) is I play Brian in both leagues, And I am fearful of a doubleheader sweep. In his all-blind team, the all-blind league team, it's called the Astoria Knights. He lives in Astoria, so that's the reason for that. The name for his team in the Frenemies League is called Wesley Crushers. Wesley is his dog. So we've got dog on dog this weekend. Golden Menace, of course, is named after Ziggy. And uh, sometimes he's more a menace than Golden. (laughs) And uh, Liz always says, oh, you're such a good dog. And I say, sometimes. (laughs) He usually is, though. He was going a little berserk this afternoon because there was a dog sitting in a truck that was parked in front of our house for a while. And that dog was barking to get its owner to come back and get him. And, of course, that made Ziggy bark. And uh, it was probably the most he's barked in his life for an ongoing period of time. And he was probably going for 20 minutes to a half an hour. Uh, not constantly, but uh, uh, we thought back to the times where he barely barked. That Those days are gone. <laughs> so I hope if you play fantasy football, I hope you had a good weekend. And uh, I have to say, on Sunday before everything started, I wasn't really that excited. And then I got to channel 835 on our cable system. It's what NFL Red Zone is on. And then... They started off a little early, which I was kind of surprised because I was rushing to get stuff done in the kitchen so I could sit and watch. And uh, they started a little early, and I was thrown off a little bit. They started early because they got the national anthem, if you didn't watch or you don't watch Red Zone, the national anthem from MetLife Stadium for the Jets-Ravens game. And I thought, very nice. They have this um, woman police officer singing the Star-Spangled Banner, and they get maybe two or three lines in, And they turn down her mic 
so you could hear everybody in the stadium singing, which was very nice and very cool. But then I started to feel bad <laughs> for this girl singing the anthem. She's singing, but on TV, you're not hearing her until the very end. Then they turn down the crowd and they turn the, the, uh, the singer back up. Uh, so that was very nice. And I, I think she's sung before. I, I don't remember her name. Uh, she, of course, did a great job. They wouldn't have had her, obviously, otherwise. Uh, but it was fun to watch. I really enjoyed watching. And I actually watched well into the late afternoon games, which I was surprised because I usually don't watch much into those because there's not as much switching. Uh, if you don't recall, I call NFL Red Zone, NFL ADD, because it's constantly switching from one game to another, which is sometimes troubling when you can't really see what's going on on the screen. All of a sudden, you're hearing something going on in one game. If Scott Hansen doesn't come on and say, let's go to Pittsburgh or let's go here, let's go there, and they just switch, you can hear the difference in the announcers, but all of a sudden, you don't know what game is on. And... Uh, for now, I will continue to watch because I just love watching that too much. And, and to be honest, well, <laughs> watching a regular game anymore is a little boring to me because sometimes you have to see those two and three yard uh, runs to get to the 17 yard pass reception or great hit or whatever. Whereas, of course, if you watch NFL Red Zone, it's basically highlights all the time. Not that everything happens every time you're on a game there, but uh, I just love it. And that it would be great if that were available also on Sirius XM. All the games are available on Sirius XM. And I know some of my blind friends, instead of watching on TV, they listen on the radio, first of all, because when you listen on the radio, they're more descriptive. They don't start telling random stories about things that happened uh, during the week or in the color commentator's uh, previous job as a wide receiver for whatever teams he played for. It's just the play-by-play. So you, you can follow at least... For me, I could follow the game better. Um, but for now, I watch Red Zone on TV and, uh, and and actually really enjoyed it. So I'm recording this on Thursday night, the 15th of September. And I'm getting ready after I watch this and do a little bit more work for Believe You Can. I'm going to watch the first game on Amazon. Uh, the Chiefs and the Bolts play tonight. So I'm kind of excited for that. Obviously, I'm not going to watch the whole game because I'm recording this and I'm, I'm sure kickoff is at 8 or 8.30. I don't remember. Uh, but I'm looking forward to hearing Al Michaels and the guy that does college game day, uh, Kirk Herbstreet, I think his name is. So I did mention it's the 15th of September and I realized earlier today that today is the second anniversary of us purchasing this house and where Studio B is. Now, Studio B was not finished two years ago. And in fact, we didn't move in until the 10th of October because the basement was not finished. There was no place for Jacob to sleep. We couldn't move uh, our furniture in because we had too much stuff that was coming downstairs into the basement to warrant doing two moves. That would have just been dumb. So we waited. The, the guy that did the basement, his name was Tom, I'm sure it still is Tom as well. He kept telling me, yeah, we're going to get started when you settle and we'll be done by the 1st of October. And of course, that didn't happen. And then finally, we couldn't wait anymore to set up a move or so. I said, the 10th, we're going we're gonna to move. That should give you enough time. And of course, for the most part, he was done. He still had stuff to do in Jacob's room. So everything came into Studio B. So I actually didn't have Studio B set up until later in October of 2020. So it's just a, uh, when I was outside with Ziggy today, I was, I was realizing that and how nice it is to have a backyard and to have Ziggy 
and playing outside with him. I took a couple of pictures. Maybe I'll put them up in the show notes. At least one of them. He had it. <laughs> he had a spa day yesterday. And um, when Liz pulled up and he was getting ready to get out of the car before she undid his restraint from the seatbelt, he actually broke it. It's the second one he's broken. The first one he broke at the end of July. So it seems like we're going to have to buy a case of these things and just have them on hand. And the only reason Liz had the third one on hand was because she had a coupon for $10 off of 70 at PetSmart where she bought where, where where she buys his food most of the time and the total for his food came to $69.98 so those 2 cents actually were very helpful because then Liz bought this seatbelt that hooks up to his harness so that we can keep him from being a crazy dog inside the car. <laughs> and I really think he does like riding shotgun. I think that's his thing. I mean, he would sit on Liz's lap if she let him, and he was a little smaller. <laughs> but I don't think it's really safe for him to ride up front. Uh, he is uh, around 70 pounds. So it was a good thing that Liz had that other restraint, because then she was able to, uh, when she picked him up from the groomer, everything was great and everything was good to go uh, with getting him back in the back seat. Uh, but he does always look nice and smell great after he comes back from the groomer. And uh, we have a couple of pics. So I will put something somewhere. I don't think I've put anything up on Instagram, but I'll put something up there uh, or in the show notes page. So two years ago today, we bought this place and uh, we're pretty happy with it for now. And again, it's I, I think that's going to change come winter when it's cold and uh, I'm very achy and whatnot, but we'll see for now. It, it, if we could have this place in a warm climate, it would be great. It would be absolutely fantastic. I don't think we'd have the basement where we want to move because we want to move to near some sort of body of water, ocean, sea, whatever. Liz was okay with a lake. I don't think I'm okay with a lake. I think I need the ocean or some sort of sea, Mediterranean, Atlantic, whatever. Even the Gulf of Mexico, maybe. I don't know. We'll see where, where it all leads to. <laughs> but I think we missed the boat on trying to sell at, at the top. We didn't have any place to go. And with the eye issues that I've been having, I didn't want to kind of pull that out right in the middle. Um, it may have been a mistake. I don't think anything, as I said a couple of weeks ago, I don't know that anything is changing there. So as usual, I have a few other things to talk about. The big thing is uh, we had the Keystone Chapter September meeting was part of a cookout. And we were at uh, Keystone member Jim Antonacci's house, which is in Roslyn, Pennsylvania, which isn't close to me here in Swarthmore. It's uh, 45 minutes to an hour away. And unfortunately, on the weekends, if you have to take the train, the train schedules here are horrible. Most train lines only run every two hours. So if you miss the 10 o'clock train, let's say, you got to wait till noon. And the problem with that is the train's going let's say from Swarthmore, from the Media Wawa line that I am on, to the line that is close to Jim's house, which is the Warminster line, they might not align to be able to get off the one, wait a couple of minutes and get on the other. And as I've complained, as I was going into the blind bodega and then the, the post office distribution center, that BEP vending business, sometimes you got to wait around. And that's the terrible part about not being able to go on your own, having to depend on mass transit. So if there was a 10 o'clock train, let's say, going from Swarthmore into Center City, Philadelphia, and that's where you have to get off that train and get on a different train, 
you might have a half an hour to an hour wait. So meanwhile, when you get to your final destination, you've been traveling an hour and a half or two hours. So uh, fortunately, uh, I got Liz into, <laughs> into driving, which was great because then Harriet and Lisa came here and they drove up with us. It would have been nice to have been able to pick them up, but we have basically a limited window because we don't want to leave Ziggy uh, for more than six hours. Six hours is kind of the top as far as what we're comfortable leaving. I'm sure he'd be better a little bit longer, but we don't really like to leave him more than six hours. And he rarely has been left that long even. Most of the time, somebody is here with him, which is kind of funny. So Harriet and Lisa came here. Lisa took the train to Swarthmore and Liz picked her up. Harriet got dropped off by her brother. So they were both excited to come down and see Studio B. I have a picture of Harriet in Studio B. Lisa wanted a picture in Studio B as well, but I took it on her phone, so I don't have that image. So at least Harriet's picture will be in the show notes. I will try to have Lisa's pick if I can get it from her, which I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure I can. The cookout was a lot of fun. It was great to get together with a lot of people, and, and there were a lot of old friends that came from the chapter. And then there, the nice thing was there were a few new folks, which was awesome. We got to meet a couple of folks. We got to meet Josh and Tracy, and Josh had been on a call uh, the previous month for the meeting. So we got to meet him in person and um, a couple other new folks came. Uh, a couple of folks who were unexpected came, which was awesome. There were four guide dogs there and people were saying, oh, you should have brought Ziggy. <laughs> guide dogs are a different breed of trained than Ziggy. <laughs> and it would have been mayhem because even some of the guides were going a little nuts. And Liz actually got one of them pretty riled up at one point, which is funny because that's not her thing. That's usually my thing. And all I do is pet or or play with the dog. The one that uh, I got to pet and hung around with the most probably was uh, Becca's dog. And this dog is a golden, and I, I can't remember the dog's name. I want to say it's like Poof or something like that or something like that. I can't remember. Liz would know. I didn't hear it when uh, Becca was telling Liz about uh, the dog, but it's a golden retriever and she's like two and a half years old. And I don't think she was 50 pounds. I think she said she was 40 something pounds. She is so tiny compared to Ziggy and Ziggy is not big. And it was just kind of funny to see her and how much better behaved <laughs> she is over Ziggy. And again, it goes, she's had a lot more training than, than the, uh, four to six hours of training Ziggy had over his lifetime. That dog probably had that much in a week. But it was nice to see all the dogs. It was just nice to be around all these folks from the Keystone chapter and friends of the Keystone chapter. Just a lot of fun. Everybody brought something. And that's where I can lead to the next <laughs> The next thing I'll talk about is the cookies Liz made. Liz got this recipe. I don't remember whose they were. I don't know if it was a food network in general uh, recipe or a specific person from Food Network. They are some sort of snickerdoodle toffee cookie, and they are really good. Here's how good they are. She made them back in June on a day that I was meeting some friends at Pinocchio's. And I took the cookies because they made a lot. I took the cookies with and at the end, when there was still some left and they were passing this box around, and, and Liz, by the way, um, <laughs> to, to send them out to people, Liz always gets boxes at the supermarket from the bakery. Um, sometimes they give them to her, sometimes they charge her a buck or so. Uh, but 
everybody thinks, oh, you got these from Giant or Acme or wherever. <laughs> and no, she made them, but it's a nice box to have. Well, when they were passing the box around at this pizza place called Pinocchio's in Media, some of them fell out onto the floor. Alex picked them up and wouldn't not eat them. And he saved them. He ate one the next day and one the next day. So I kept asking him, I said, how are your floor cookies? <laughs> and he said, they're as good as the first day I tasted them. So that's how good they are. I guess there's an issue with these cookies. This time Liz made them and, and she thinks she used a different scoop. Usually she uses like an ice cream scoop to uh, put them out on the pan and then bake them. She thinks she used a bigger scoop this time. So she comes up and she tells me, I only got 15 cookies or 18 cookies, whatever it was. And I said, oh my God, that's not many. I said, all right, it'll be all right. And she said, well, we got to leave one for Jacob. So, okay, that's, you know, one away. And I said, you and I, I guess we can eat one here. And then that's another one. We won't eat any there. So I was kind of disappointed. There weren't going to be that many. Well, the next thing I hear as I'm getting dressed upstairs is Liz yelling at Ziggy. <laughs> Liz had some of them, the ones I guess that had cooled were already in the box. Not all of them because there was still some cooling. He pulled the box down from the counter and some came out of the box. We're not sure how many because she wasn't sure how many were in the box. And that's why we're not sure. It was somewhere between 15 and 18 cookies she had total. We ended up taking 11. Ziggy ate some. Liz threw some away. And of course, when they, you know, when they, when they fell out of the box, some of them broke up. So that's a, another reason why she's not sure how many she ended up. Bottom line was we took 11. I think the one that Liz and I shared may have been one of the ones on the floor. They were that good. And people really liked them there. Now, we didn't hang around that long after the desserts were put out because we wanted to leave in the two o'clock hour so we could get home sometime by 3, 3.30. So that, again, we were going to be within that six-hour window. When we left, they had just been put out. I know Lisa had one, and I think she and Harriet shared one, or they each had another one. I don't remember, but I know they were early on to get them, and, and they liked them, and that's why they had more. Uh, I don't know who else had them. I'm sure they didn't last long, but they are so good. Uh, if I can find a link or get the link from Liz for the recipe, I'll put it in the show notes uh, because it is really, it's a good recipe. And it is one of the things Liz loves when she bakes stuff. Uh, she loves doing it by weight. Again, we have that food scale. It is, first of all, you don't dirty a lot of different measuring cups and spoons and bowls. You put something on the on the scale, you tear, do the tear so it's zeroed out, and then you put in 100 grams of this or 17 grams of that or whatever. And it's very precise, obviously. And again, it doesn't dirty 27 things, which I'm a big fan of because I'm usually the one that cleans all those 27 things. And those things always wreak havoc because of the way they may sit in the upper shelf where they don't fit, where they fall through or whatever. So I, it's always, it's always like uh, playing a game to get them into a spot where they stay. But it was so nice to be together. Our meeting was brief. We touched on all the important things about Believe You Can. We talked about the upcoming state convention in Pittsburgh, which I'll get to that in a second, but it looks like I will be going uh, after my blind merchants meeting yesterday. And, um, Touched on a few other things. We talked about Esther, and she gave a little presentation of the Blind Diva Empowerment pageant and went over everything there. Just a lot of good stuff, probably about 20 minutes, half an hour, whatever it was. And people, of course, had questions, 
and things like that. So, so it was just nice to be with everybody. It was a beautiful day. It really was a beautiful day. And Jim's backyard, fortunately, has some big trees towards the back. So, uh, and he also had a couple of small tents up so that the tables were underneath these tents. So you weren't sitting out in the sun once the sun moved around to the other side of the uh, trees. Uh, but it was just a nice afternoon. I wish we could have stayed longer. Had I gone on my own, I probably would have stayed longer. It is what it is. And I was glad that Liz went and I, <laughs> I don't know that she wanted to go. Um, but she was, she was happy to, to help out and um, make the cookies and drive us all there. When we came home, it was just Liz and I that came home uh, on our own because Harriet didn't want to come home early. Lisa had already set up uh, CCT, which is paratransit in this area. And so it was nice. We just drove right home. We didn't have any place else to go. It was a nice afternoon, and uh, Ziggy was okay once we got home. So (laughs) there were no issues there. Now, I mentioned going to Pittsburgh. So I'll be going to Pittsburgh in November. And I'm always excited to do something where I get out of the house because other than going to that cookout, I may have only been out of the house one other day this week. I'm not even sure I have been out of the house, not 100%. So it's always nice to get out. And again, I have something to talk about when I sit down at the microphone. And I always have something to talk about. As Harriet told me the other day, she said, you have a story for everything. And I I pretty much do. Last night on the Blind Merchants call, Pennsylvania Association of Blind Merchants, somebody said to me, we're we're looking there, the organization is looking for a treasurer. And somebody said to me, and I think it was Lynn Heights, the president of the NFBFPA, I thought David was interested in being the treasurer, and I started laughing. I said, I wouldn't phrase it that way, and a couple of people laughed, and Stacy was on, and she knew exactly what I was talking about, because I think we had talked about it, and I said, I said, I would do it. I wouldn't say I'm interested in doing it, and it's just a shame that even if I don't like it, I still will do the best job I can. Like I told you over the summer, I wasn't thrilled to go in every day and work those eight to nine hours at the blind bodega and spend 11 to 11 and a half hours away from home when I had all these other things to do. But I did it and I did the best job I could. That's why I told you the taking a tip for that is just wrong because it's, you should do the best job anyway. I get it if you're a waiter or a waitress and that is part of your salary. I'm not, I was not. I was a hourly employee And that was the compensation. I knew it going in. There wasn't anything more that I deserved for doing that job. I knew I had a job to do, and that's what it paid. And that's, again, I'm getting off on a rant here. As far as the treasurer goes, there was some back and forth where one guy wasn't doing it, and so somebody else was going to do it, and so forth and so on. And I I thought it was kind of disgraceful how it was handled. You are the treasurer if you're the treasurer and it's you're still in your term, be the treasurer. I know it's a pain in the ass. I get it. I know for a fact that it's a pain in the ass. I don't love doing it. That's why I always joke to Harriet about being the Keystone treasurer. <laughs> when somebody sounds good, uh, a new member is coming on and they sound really smart. And I said, oh, this guy sounds like he could be the next treasurer. Or this girl sounds like she could be the next treasurer. And she's like, no, no, that's your job. I said, well, yeah, but he sounds smart or she sounds smart. She'll probably be better than me. And um, again, they, they aren't. And now, especially since Liz is the de facto treasurer, it's like a two for one. And... <laughs> 
But so now there's this thing with the blind merchants, as far as the treasure goes, they closed a bank account last year, last year. And a check got mailed to the one guy who then had to get it to the next guy. He took his time to get it. And then once he got it, he didn't do anything with it, like open an account. And then that guy gave it back to the original guy who then sent it on to the president. Well, the president of the Pennsylvania Association of Blind Merchants got the check in June. The check was written in May 2021. So I'm not sure where that money's going to be or how we're going to get it. But the treasurer of the NFB of Pennsylvania is looking into it. It's, it's drafted on a citizen's bank check. The state affiliate, the NFB of Pennsylvania, uses citizens as their account. So the treasurer has a good working relationship with a branch near his house. Um, I forget where he lives, near Reading or Hershey. I don't remember exactly where. Uh, so he's going to try and get everything rolling. And then come November, when we're in Pittsburgh... And there are elections for the different officers' positions on the Pennsylvania Association of Blind Merchants. That is when the gun will be stuck in my head, and I'll say yes. <laughs> and then have to go and do the signing cards and so forth and so on. Now, fortunately, since we're in Pittsburgh, I'm assuming there's a bunch of citizens' banks in that area. And I almost said Citizens Bank Park, because that's the stadium the Phillies play in. I don't know that they have an actual branch in the stadium. I'm sure they have ATMs. Though. Because of that, it definitely looks like I will be in Pittsburgh from the late in the day on the 9th of November through the 13th of November. I am looking forward to trying Promanti Brothers, which is one of those signature places when you go to a town, that's where you go to try one of their things. Just like when you come here, you go get a cheesesteak from one or both of the places in South Philly. This place is, I guess, similar to that. And I'm guessing we saw it. I thought we saw it on diners, drive-ins, and dives, but Liz said she thinks it was from best thing I ever ate. It doesn't really matter. I just knew I wanted to get that if I ever went to Pittsburgh. And I, like many of those shows, when they have a place that you think, hey, maybe one day we'll go there, you pay attention. When it's someplace like Boise, Idaho, I don't know that I'll ever get there, so I don't pay too much attention to those. Again, just to put a bow on the cookout, a lot of fun. And again, we thank Jim and his wife, Patricia, for hosting. Uh, I'm sure it is a lot of work for them. Uh, they actually had help. They had their daughter and son-in-law and two grandkids helping out, which was helpful. And it's very interesting. So they had three coolers full of stuff. One had beer. That was, I, I believe it was just one kind of beer. So you knew the middle cooler had beer and that was that. The cooler on the left had lemonade in cans, Sprite in cans, and bottles of water in plastic bottles. Obviously, that's easy to figure out when you got only other cans in there. But how would you figure out, if you're blind, how would you know which is the lemonade and which is the Sprite? They put a rubber band around one of them, and I don't remember which one. So if you got a can with a rubber band, you knew it was one over the other. In the cooler on the right, they had Coke and Diet Coke, also in cans. The Diet Coke didn't have a rubber band. The regular Coke had a rubber band, so the R for rubber band and regular. <laughs> so that part was interesting. And again, just a lot of fun and nice to be with everybody. It's always nice to be in person uh, with folks. Nice to get out, especially on a nice day. Had it been raining, I don't know that I'd be as happy. And uh, I know Liz wouldn't have, been as <laughs> wouldn't have been as happy. But thanks again to Jim and Patricia for that. Looking forward to our next meeting 
with the chapter, which will be back at the Penn Museum uh, in early October, right before Believe You Can. Now, the last thing I want to get to before we get to Just Listen and I tell you more about White Canes Connect is something I got in the mail, and I may have touched on it briefly last week or week before. Liz has jury duty tomorrow, and she called the number today. She was standby. She called the number today, and... She didn't have to report. She was very happy about that. She's actually going out for coffee with a couple of friends in the afternoon. So that part is good. I got a similar calling, I guess, in late August for October. Now, I can't tell you how excited I am to be on a jury. And I was telling my friend Alex about this. And he's been he's been a juror on several trials, he told me. They, they've never taken me. Now... When Liz was teaching, it was hard for me to get to, so I didn't do it. I guess it wasn't before Uber, but it was before I really used Uber on my own. I've only been using Uber on my own probably about four or five years. I didn't go. We, we said that I couldn't get there and so forth and so on. Or we just said that I was blind and I, I didn't have to go. But for the last few times that I've received these, whatever you call them, I don't want to call them summonses because, <laughs> because that's, that's when you're in trouble usually, right? So when you get the notice in the mail, I've, I've been getting excited. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it. The last time I got one, Liz was able to take me in on her way into school. And I figured when I was done, I would just get an Uber and come home. Well, when I got there, they handed me a clipboard with something that had to be filled out. And Liz said, okay, well, you know, you're going to have to find somebody to fill that out. And I said to the lady, I said, is there somebody that can help me with this? Well, what about, what about your wife? I said, no, she's just dropping me off. She just made sure I got to the right spot. Oh no, we don't have anybody here. You're excused. I'm hopeful that I can go there and at least stay the day and get put on a jury because I'd love to see what it's like. And again, I'll have something to tell you. There's always going to be fun stuff that goes on (laughs) during a trial, right? So we found out today when Liz was going over her paperwork, she saw something that if you need reasonable accommodations, call seven days before your call time. And if they're reasonable, they'll do them. And mine are reasonable. I just need somebody to fill out the paperwork with me. They can sit and read me the questions and ask them because everybody knows those sheets are not accessible. It's just printed. They don't offer them any other way. There's no way of doing them online. There's no way of doing them any other way. Just those sheets because we asked. I asked the last time if I could, if it was somewhere online that I could fill it out online and, and submit it because I had my phone with me and I'd be able to do it. And there wasn't. So, I'm curious to see what goes on. And, and judging by Liz's number today, she was standby number 363. I'm standby number 370. And if she didn't get called at 363, maybe the chances are that I'm not going to get called either. But we'll see. My fingers are crossed. I really would like to see how it goes. I, I just feel like, like it's not going to be something that would be accessible. It just seems like it's going to be a difficult thing, but I want to see what it's like. And if it's not right for me to do, or it's not, I guess that's not the right thing to say. If it's not something I could do, I want to help them make it so that it is. Because why would you exclude blind folks? If I'm on trial for something, I'm supposed to have a jury of my peers. If there's not one or two blind folks in there, how is that a jury of my peers? 
they could look at me and say, man, that guy is ugly. He has to be guilty. <laughs> so it just, just like voting, which is, which is another, another story entirely. Um, I, I want to see how accessible everything is and what goes on. Everybody who is blind is always underestimated by sighted folks. And that's what I'm trying to fix. I know it's not an easy fix. And any little thing that I can do to make it happen, I want to do. I'm excited for that. And I, again, I hope I get called. And of course, <laughs> you will hear all about it come the middle to end of October. Before we get to just listening, I do want to mention White Canes Connect. And as I told you last week, I was in the midst of editing episode 45 of White Canes Connect. And this episode was a bear. It was so difficult for me to edit. I was not on the podcast. It was while I was working at the Blind Bodega. So Lisa and Stacy were the interviewers. And they realized after they were done that they didn't do a proper intro. And, and the intro goes something like, hey there, PA Federationists. And I, I do it with a little bit more enthusiasm. Hey there, PA Federationists. Welcome to another episode of White Canes Connect presented by the National Federation of the Blind of Pennsylvania. Then I say my name and then I say, and joining me today is blah, blah, blah. But they didn't do any of that. And they just kind of started talking. And I thought, uh-oh, got to do something. So I came on and did that little bit. Hey there, PA Federation, and so forth and so on. And now here are your hosts, Stacy and Lisa. And I, when I got to the very end where they do the intro and outro, after the, they had done their intro, they realized they didn't do anything like that. And I had already figured that out, so I was able to do it. Now, the cool thing was they did get Bill from Dancing Dots, and it was an incredible interview. They did get him to do the intro right before, usually when we have a guest on, hi, I'm David Goldstein from the I Can't See You podcast, and you're listening to White Canes Connect. So Bill came on and said, hi, I'm Bill McCann from Dancing Dots, and you're listening to White Canes Connect. He did it great. It was probably the best one of all the ones we've ever had. It is a, it is a good one. If there were any issues, it was his mic was a little soft, um, but it, it was good, and it fit in because I couldn't find it. There was an hour and 40 minutes of material, hour and 40 plus minutes of material to go through. So I, I wasn't going to start looking because that would have taken me hours just to try and find it. And so the problem with editing this thing was I had to whittle it down. I, I don't like the episodes being more than an hour. Now, in some instances, we've gone an hour and 10, but I don't like to do that. And so what was going on, Bill would get off on a tangent sometimes. So there are some things that I took out. There were times that I took big chunks out, like five minutes of content, because it just didn't play into the, it was a story. It was a good story, but it was a story about how um, he, was, he was talking about a guy who used this software uh, that he has and had been nominated for a Grammy. But it didn't play into any... It wasn't a software he developed. He now owns the software, um, whether he bought it from someone or, or he co-developed it. I don't remember. The main software from Dancing Dots is called Good Feel. And it's a way for blind and visually impaired musicians to read, write, and play music. And uh, it's just an outstanding thing. It, it, yesterday, 
the 14th of September was their 30th anniversary. So he's been in business 30 years. And it was just a great story. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to meeting him in Pittsburgh. He's going to be at the convention. And uh, I hope to play around with the software too, because I always, <laughs> I always like playing around with musical software. Not that I have any kind of musical skills or anything, but I'm looking forward to that. And he does know another guy named David Goldstein. That's why he was a little confused with me. Uh, when they mentioned my name, it wasn't the David Goldfield uh, that I thought. So, uh, but I still would like to have that David Goldfield on because occasionally there are emails sent around by somebody else in the chapter from David Goldfield about accessible jobs and things like that. I just think it would be fun to have him on and uh, talk about that. So that is episode 44. I finally pushed it out. I got it out yesterday. Uh, at White Canes Connect, you can look at it. On, look for it on Apple and Spotify, uh, and it's a it's a great interview. Stacy and Lisa did a great job interviewing him, and I kind of felt <laughs> I felt a little bad because some of the things where it was something that maybe Stacy said ended up getting chopped because it didn't play into the flow that I had going for this for this interview. There was an hour and 40 minutes of stuff to go through. I would have to listen. Sometimes I'd listen to 15 or 20 minutes of chunks of of stuff, and then to go back and say, okay, I can take this part out here, and I can take that part out there. So I'd then go backwards and take out what it sounded like, and then make sure the edits were good, make sure it still flowed right, and everything else. So I probably spent about 10 hours editing that that show on its own. Uh, now, the really cool thing, the show notes took me a minute to do, and they always take me a little bit of time, but they actually took me as long as the other shows that I normally do because Bill sent so much great information. Again, I had to whittle down what I wanted to put in the show notes and what I wanted to leave out. And once the web page is up, uh, once the website is up and I do the show notes for that page, I can throw that other stuff in because he sent, he sent sheet music over for a song that he did. And I'll link to it in the show notes. Um, it's called The Ballad of the Google Car, uh, which is kind of funny that he wrote using his software. Uh, and he actually, there's a, there's a video on YouTube. The YouTube channel is Dancing Dots Access. Dancing Dots Access. Again, I'll put it in the show notes so you can go to that. He is the main sponsor for Believe You Can this year. Uh, and it's just a very cool story because he started, as I said last week, he started and either uh, rented an office for very little money or they provided him an office at St. Lucie Day School, which is a school for blind and visually impaired, primarily kids. There are a few deaf and hard of hearing kids, but the majority of the school is blind or visually impaired. Uh, so that is the Keystone Chapter's uh, reason for raising money. And when he found out that Believe You Can, the funds for that go to uh, do that stuff at St. Lucie, whether it's Christmas gifts, the Christmas party, graduation uh, gifts, and some other things we do throughout the year. Uh, he was all in because he he was very appreciative of St. Lucie. It's just a great story. Bill from Dancing Dots on episode 44 of White Canes Connect. Finally, before we go, I mentioned last week that when I was going into the blind bodega, I had some time to hang out at 30th Street Station in Philadelphia before I had to go across the street and start working. Kirk had not get gotten to the building yet. So I would basically drink a cup of tea from Duncan. And basically, if I could see it would be called people watching. It was, <laughs> I guess it would be called people listening. Uh, while I stood there above one of the stairwells with a, a wall that's the perfect height as, as a standing table, I'd put my tea on it, my cane would lean in the corner, it was nice. And uh, I never once dropped it over the 
uh, edge down to the stairs below that led to one of the platforms. But I shot video one day there because I just thought, what a great place to hear what's going on. I have to be honest with you, when I listen today, it's kind of boring, except for when they're making an announcement because it's just before seven in the morning. And so there's not a ton of activity there. There's just like a hum. And you can hear some people walking and a few suitcases being, you know, carted around. But for the most part, it's just like a hum or a murmur of everything kind of going on, people starting their day and getting ready to go on a, a regional rail or go on uh, Amtrak to Washington or New York or someplace else. And unfortunately, when I took the video, it was in between the train to New York, which was just before seven, and the train to Washington, which is like 10 or quarter after seven. So, so I didn't get that, but I did get an announcement. And so you'll hear a little bit of the announce, well, you'll hear the whole announcement, but you'll hear a little bit of the murmur or the hum that's going on. The one thing I didn't notice, almost every day there was there were birds in the station, and I didn't hear that, but I'll listen again as I edit that. But here is, just listen. Now, I'm using that. That's from back in uh, early August, I believe. I'm using that because I was trying I was trying to get Ziggy. Uh, Ziggy makes this sound sometimes when he is sleeping, that when he kind of stirs, he goes, <laughs> like that. When he's, I don't know if he's disturbed or he's moving or what's going on, but he makes this sound, and we all make fun of him when he does that. Uh, but I've been trying to get that. So I was recording s several times over the last couple of days. <laughs> And I didn't get that. And um, hopefully I'll get that one day so you can hear what that is. Because like I said, other than going to the party, the cookout uh, for the Keystone Chapter September meeting, I didn't do anything. And so I didn't really have anything to capture. And I realized on my way home that while I took pictures at the Keystone cookout, I did not take any video, which was dumb on my part. I just was so busy trying to remember my treasurer's report and all those numbers that I give and so forth and so on uh, that I forgot to shoot video. So that was on me. So I hope you enjoyed Just Listen. Again, if you have any tips or it's too long, it's too short, you don't like it, you like it, whatever, please let me know. Please reach out. And for anything else, questions, comments, show ideas, you can reach out a couple of different ways. I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. I can't see you podcast at gmail.com leave all the things that you want me to know, and I will respond if I do get an email from you. You can also call 646-926-6350. You have up to three minutes to leave your name and your town, your question, your comment, 
what you like or don't like about Just Listen. And hopefully I'll get out a little more so you hear a little bit more stuff. Uh, But please, I'd love to hear from you. Again, 646-926-6350. As always, show notes can be found at icantseeyou.com slash 197. Again, icantseeyou.com slash 197. Remember, I Can't See You sounds like a whole sentence, but it's only seven characters long. I-C-A-N-T-C-U dot com slash 197. I really do appreciate you joining me for this episode. Stay safe, be well, and I will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the I Can't See You podcast with David. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends.